You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. <laughs> oh, I want to suck your dick. <laughs> no. I'm Tommy Teepspeako. And I'm Drea Washington. I don't approve that. I don't approve of that intro. <laughs> and we are Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies. For people that are not typically depicted in scary movies. Um, how you doing, Drea? Guess what I saw this week? Creep show. I saw it at the Alamo Draft House for the Terror Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, I heard. It's you were uh... a little hashtag problematic, I gotta say. There's a little <laughs> uh, undercurrent of misogyny in that movie. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, we did get to see Tony Danza drown to death. So, I don't know. Maybe that's a win. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and let's see, what was it? Leslie Nielsen was in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I love me some Naked Gun back in the day. Yeah, that's that's my favorite segment for sure in that creep show. Yeah. It was actually creepy though. Mm-hmm. Because like, and I also, it also felt like the actors were also, I mean, they they were buried and the water was going in the, they looked scared. Those images, that is one of the, the images that sticks with me from horror for sure. Yeah. Of them being buried up to their necks. That and, first one was so dumb though. The one about the zombie who wants his cake. No, the the you know what's kind of a zombie, I guess. The corpse that wanted its cake. Did you see fa- that one? The, the, the Father's Day one? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was real dumb. And then the one that starred Stephen the King. The end of Father's Day is pretty funny. I don't hate that one. It's it's stupid, but I, yeah. That ending image of that old lady's head on a platter covered in icing, and he's like, I finally got my cake. And I was like, why were you so fucking obsessed with cake anyway? You're a zombie. <laughs> why do you want cake? You ain't got teeth. What's going on? <laughs> he can gum that cake. <laughs> uh, Dre, why don't you tell us uh, what our act break li- is going to be like today? All right. So act one is the sequel and equal with Tommy talking about Nightmare on Elm Street 2. The gayest movie of all time. Yes. Oh, wow. This It's a doozy. Uh, <laughs> Act 2, Chambers. It's a new TV show on Netflix that we definitely will be getting into. We have some opinions. And our Act 3, with our scream queen of the week, is Naomi Harris in 28 Days Later. Which... She is actually that bitch. Yeah. She is. Yeah. She did a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about it. Yes, we will. Tommy, we're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street today. Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Nightmare on Elm Street 2. So this is a a, a segment called, is the sequel an equal, where we try to evaluate the original next to um, the sequel. Uh, Where did you fall on Nightmare on Elm Street 1? Uh, I mean, it's a fantastic film. It's one of my all-time all-time favorites yeah 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 yeah. it's also like genuinely creepy yeah yeah no sticks with me i gotta say um i adore that first movie Mm -hmm. but i love nightmare on elm street too yeah i mean i love it yeah i love it it actually um did financially outperform the first one i'm not saying the sequel isn't equal but i'm saying the sequel is different oh yeah the sequel is different yeah it doesn't it's not connected um, in the most conventional ways. No, and I think, well, first of all, Wes Craven wanted nothing to do with it because he did not envision Nightmare on Elm Street as being a franchise. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even want to have Robert England back because he wanted a raise. So for the first two weeks of shooting, they had some raggedy extra in there 
trying to be Freddie, and the director was kind of like, mm, this ain't working. Robert, I think we found some bones to throw you. Like, okay, <laughs> we'll give you a raise. So he got what he wanted. The thing is, like, Freddie is in the movie, in, in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, for, like, all of, like, three scenes, maybe. Yeah. He's got, like, uh, of, like, the 90 minutes, he's got maybe 10 or 15. It, it still works. It still works, and he's still got coin. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, get it, Robert. Um, And the script was written by a man named David Chaskin, and he deliberately put in this gay subtext, although when it was later pointed out, I think in the Village Voice, it was one of the first places after the movie came out to say, like, this shit is gay. Uh, <laughs> the director was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And the writer was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's only recently that he's come out in the press and been like, yeah, that was some gay bullshit. Oh, man. <laughs> but that left the actor, who, um, his name is Mark Patton, um, it, like, he was the one who became the subject of the ire of all of the press because he just had played it. The, the, the screenwriter was like, oh, it's not gay, but he just played it gay. And it became very hard for him to find work after that because he was himself gay. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, but, and he had had this career in New York on the stage. And it's just, it was a much more gay environment. And he wasn't in, in the closet. When he came out to Hollywood, it was way more homophobic and they forced him back in. And so he couldn't tell nobody that he was gay. And eventually he just left Hollywood behind and became like an interior designer because that's very gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also fun fact, Brad Pitt, Christian Slater and John Stamos all tried out for the role of Jesse, the main character in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And it didn't go to any of them, but I'm sure that they're probably thinking they're lucky stars. <laughs> However, you don't get to be part of horror canon now. Um, it's only in recent years that the movie has kind of gotten its flowers because people are... Um, a little bit more open-minded and also you know there's more gay lgbtq representation in hollywood and so you have a better a more accepting audience you know what i'm talking about yes um but this the context of this film is that jesse lives in nancy's home who was the final girl in the first nightmare on elm street and freddie lives inside of jesse's body yeah, uh, I just accepted it. It's you know, it's a whole thing. It's a look. It's a mood. It's a it's a board, and it looked like the there was a, it's a mood. It's a board. <laughs> um, and it Jesse. So Jesse has this secret, right? He's in the closet about Freddie being inside him, <laughs> and their scenes initially have so much sexual tension in them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's sensual, and they had said that um, initially Robert Englund had wanted to put his claw inside of the dude's mouth and have him suck on it oh my god and i think the prop person on screen uh, off screen was just kind of like mark don't go that way like there you think it's gay now oh man <laughs> i would have loved to have a seen moment that, that is, was a golden opportunity you know if it was made today he would be sucking on them claws it could still happen <laughs> it could still they, happen robert says he's got one more movie left in him if we could just do another gay one and have a gay freddy uh, <laughs> moment like that Freddie is, we know he gay. He's gay. <laughs> uh, he's controversial. <laughs> okay, maybe we don't want to put no, him in so, that category. Yeah, let's not speculate about his sexuality because that gets dark. But um, one of the quotes that Jesse has is like, he's inside me and he wants to take me again. And that is so gay. I'm sorry, my dude, but that is gay. I'm I'm actually, thank you, my dude. That is very gay. And he has Hazel's sexual tension with his friend Ron Grady, who's like this sinewy like alpha um, high school jock. Yeah. And there is a scene where um, Mr. Mr. Jesse can't kind of get it up 
with his girlfriend and he runs to Ron's house into Ron's bed and Ron is like so you can't fuck your girlfriend so you're sleeping with me uh that was it's not even I'm like my dude that is not even Te- that's not subtext. No, that's text. Text. That's yeah. writ large. That's the that's the big print edition. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not that hard to read that one. Right. And his fucking gym teacher. So Jesse <laughs> goes <bullshit>. walking after <laughs> midnight one day, and he walks. He sees his uh, gym teacher at this fucking gay leather bar in full leather daddy harness and shit like that. And I'm like, this is so gay. This is the gayest movie I've seen. And I've seen, all, I've seen uh, uh, Brokeback Mountain. I've seen all the gay shit. And this is gay. This is actually really gay. <laughs> um, and then like the, he's like, ends up like as like, Supernatural Freddy whatever like ends up stringing up his gym teacher slaps him on the ass with some towels and is like I don't know it's very gay it's very gay to me oh you know a little bit yeah um so what what do you think Jay is this equal and equal uh it's it stands you know it these are two different things so I grew up just I loved this movie growing up mm-hmm. I watched it all the fucking time I just accepted it for whatever it was like I don't I don't need fluidity like in my my horror stories like I don't expect that I just want just give me a good scare you know give me somewhat of a good story whatever give me some good kills and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm good mm-hmm. it wasn't until I've seen this movie over a hundred times easily mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't until somebody brought it to my attention and that oh yeah this is like super gay mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it was it just didn't really like phase me yeah, it was just like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's just happening in this. Film. I just thought it was okay. Yeah, you know, because you it, didn't feel the need to label it as one thing or the other. Yeah, it was just, oh yeah, that is what is going on in this film. I recognized it, mm-hmm. but it, I didn't realize how controversial it was at right, the time. Right, 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 right. And not until then, um, you know, not until people started bringing it up to me, I didn't know like all the the shit that Mark uh, Patton had to go through for this yeah, film. Yeah, so sad. I still need to uh, watch that documentary about him. I heard that's really great. Um, it just wasn't that deep, but I, they trashed this movie. I've always heard people trash Nightmare on Elm Street too, and I was like, "Why?" It, it's that that easily is one of the scariest uh, Freddy scenes to me. That's why it sticks out. Mm-hmm. It might not be as many kills, but that pull scene is fucked up. Yeah, it, it's yeah, terrifying yeah. to me. Yeah. Um. And well, and they and like you said, they save it all the way to the end, but it's like. Okay, it's worth it. Yeah. And I mean, you know why it got a bad rap. It's because of homophobia. Homophobia is a real thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was alive and kicking. Mm. Also noted that um, his girlfriend looks so much like Meryl Streep, like young Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah. To me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes him gay. (laughs) (laughs) She was very, uh, very beardy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Thickly beardly. Um, So... Uh, ultimately, is the sequel an equal? I think so. Yeah, for sure. All right, thank you for playing that game with us. Uh, our act two, we're talking about Chambers. It's a new show on Netflix. Uh, I saw this, let me see, it's been a few months since I watched it, and uh, we watched a few things last night, but immediately what, what popped out to me was the Native American representation in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that just struck a bell, like, immediately. And I'm like, Tommy, you got to see this shit. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm thankful to you and to everyone else who sent me all caps text messages and emails that were like, this is the Native American. Get out. You have to see this. So I appreciate y'all. Thank you for being in my mentions. Thank you for being in my DMs and uh, in my uh, in my texts and my emails, because I definitely watched this. And I thought, well, 
I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to not come down on one side or the other. Let me give you the 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 play by play. So uh, Chambers is the Netflix psychological horror um, series that follows Sasha Yazi. She's a teenage Navajo girl who has a freak heart attack the night she loses her virginity to her fine ass boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, I followed that man on Instagram hashtag immediately. Yeah, (laughs) he's like too pretty right? oh god yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he looks like a drawing you know what i mean he a looks drawing. a drawing he looks so good <laughs> um and anyway so she uh sasha receives a heart transplant from a becky like literally a becky, a becky. It, she's like a rich white girl with blonde hair from the right side of the tracks yeah. whose name also happens to be becky <laughs> <laughs> um and later sasha and her uncle frank who could beat it all the way up you know what i'm talking about <laughs> smack it up flip it rub it down oh no <laughs> like this is a big man uh who is sasha's legal guardian after the death of her mother like a decade before um they get invited to becky's parents house for dinner um played by president from scandal and um lady from Kill Bill. Uh, and this is like the beginning of a process wherein they're, the parents, the Lefevers, try to insinuate themselves more into Sasha's life and alienate, alienate Frank a little bit more. They give her a Prius and they give her a scholarship to like the, the fancy high school or whatever. Um, and so through that, Sasha meets more of the people involved in Becky's life. Talk about brother, BFF, Frenemy, BFF frenemy, stalkers, cult leaders, drug dealers. Like, it really runs the gamut. And let me tell you, her brother in this TV show looks so much like one of my exes that I'm both turned on and furious. <laughs> in that way, that certain kind of ex can do. And only that certain kind of ex can do. Um, and, of course, as Sasha's new heart, as Sasha takes to her new heart, she starts seeing all kind of visions. Crows coming at her, coyotes and shit. Like, she's all of a sudden in the middle of a red desert. Which, I'm, I'm thinking, like, all of the scenes that are, like, suddenly red light special were like memories inside of the heart or something like that um and she starts seeing memories from becky's life and most sinister of all especially to an indigenous person is that she starts to feel it starts to feel like becky is physically taking over sasha's body um like sometimes she looks like becky in the mirror instead of herself um at one point just a streak of blonde hair just like sprouts out of her head um her hand starts to demelinate melaninate her her hand starts to turn into a white girl's hand (laughs) 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 Uh, and she starts acting like becky and by the end full body transforms into becky for like the last episode or like second to last episode and what i mean by sinister is kind of connected to the discussion we had in the last episode about Indian boarding schools. It's like um, they were trying to erase the Indian part of us. Mm-hmm. The, the tagline for the whole Indian boarding school thing was kill the Indian, save the man. And that's what is happening to Sasha's body as Becky starting to take over. So that subtext rang loud and clear to me. Mm-hmm. And I... I'm conflicted in talking about it because like when we got to when we were talking about um, horror noir, um, if this is our only representation and because it didn't get renewed for a second season. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And so canceled on June 18th. Are they going to let us have another chance? You know Uh, what I'm talking about? I mean, just mm -hmm. abstractly, because that's my concern. And I don't want to trash this because I do want to see a season two. um, But it had some problems. There were parts that I think were not that good. And I think parts were unprecedented and never have been seen on television before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to ask you, Drea, what did you think of Chambers? Like, what were some of the things you liked and what were some of the things you didn't like? I mean, so representation, very yeah. important. So, you know, that, like I said, that rang true to me. Um, the The premise is 
you know, it sucked me in. It's a good story. Mm -hmm. So it had had the potential to be like amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, like you said, I want to be kind to this this show. I don't want to trash it. Yeah. Because they they tried a lot of things, a lot of new things. And I, you know, so I I commend that. Mm -hmm. It didn't all come together. It should have been a few less up. It should have been like two episodes shorter. Mm -hmm. uh, Definitely. Like Mm -hmm. there were certain ones that just lost all like. I, I forgot about certain things from other episodes because it just they got into something else and they dragged it on. Yeah, there's, there's sometimes the plot points get pushed into a different direction. Yeah, and, and then like left altogether. Yeah, and I and then they'd come back to something and I'm like, oh wait, when did this happen? Oh, that was like episode two. I mean, it was just kind of messy. I like the fact that these major actresses, uh, Lily Taylor and Uma Thurman, mm-hmm. played Who like looks great by the way. Looks fantastic. Yeah. But they play like these background characters. Mm-hmm. I love that mm-hmm. to you know to the people of color. So like they're in the right, forefront. Right. I really I thought that was kind of dope. Yeah. Um. Wanted more though of Uma and Lily though. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I did want more. I mean, she's great. She's she did a great job. I heard that she was very um. She was a great mentor to the to the lead actress, the Native American actress, like on set. She yeah. kind of became like on set auntie. Yeah. To her. No, I can tell. Like, uh, she was she. Uh, care of that role mm-hmm. and she treated it kindly um Oof, there was that one scene when frank was like when frank was like well i'm how am i supposed to take parenting advice from you and she was like i don't know what that means exactly he's like well one of your kids a junkie and the other one's dead and the look that came over uma's face i felt it mm-hmm. like she was so devastated mm-hmm. by that comment i was just like damn yeah what were some of the things that you didn't like um <laughs> i what? mean it's not a huge list it's just okay like it just things didn't all come together the ending was kind of anticlimactic like i saw that coming you know okay and you know it's really unfortunate that they waited that long to get to that they could have done that like halfway through the show it took so long to be like wait is this a transfusion from a demon and you does that make you dark phoenix now like (laughs) (laughs) i mean it ended kind of like it is sadly like dark phoenix like it's just came together and it just it just yeah she made all those men pass out literally every man who was on her front lawn she was Mm -hmm. just like get your raggedy man asses (laughs) off of my lawn (laughs) (laughs) you discovered that one of the people that presented this show isn't even native yeah so well one of the so I, I looked up some of the directors um and one of the directors Sydney Freeland is native and she's I think she's trans too mm-hmm. um and one of the writers Jason Gavin was um in the writer's room um and a lot of the actors were native but the series creator named Leah Rachel wasn't and is that something that would be important or a red flag for you if somebody who created a black television show was actually white yeah i mean i would i'd need everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. To know more about it. So like I, the context, you know? I watched Fast Color, which is like a, an intergenerational tale of black women who have superpowers. Um, they can disintegrate things and put them back together. And I saw a talk back with the director and the writer 
I not for one second did I think they were going to be white and they were both white and it was a husband and wife. One of them was like the writer, I think of La La Land and some uh, some other stuff. Mm. And somebody in the audience, and this is at Alamo Draft House, somebody in the audience asked about generational trauma and you could tell that they did not know what that person was talking about. And it's yep. like, if you're talking about a generational power that's matrilineal in a couple generations, you're going to go back to slavery. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, what are you talking, how, how does this play out? And they were talking about, Oh yeah. Like losses suffered in like her mother's life, like da da da. And it was like, no, no, no. We're talking about intergenerational trauma that from slavery, like, yeah. and it uh, wasn't anticipating that discussion at all. And I think because of that, I mean, this was obviously made in conjunction with some native people, mm-hmm. but I think in some ways it did, it kind of let me get to the root of what my question is so I read this interview with Entertainment Weekly and they asked her about what the show was inspired by and she was like well psychological horror and how being a teenage girl was kind of like psychological horror and like the loss of identity where the soul is held what happens after we die what she called like 4am thoughts and uh she said, taking it to the supernatural level where a young woman is having to def- uh, defend her own identity, but never once mentioned anything about Native America. So EW kind of doubled down on that and was like, two of the unique elements of this show are the location, Arizona, which that's not that unique. <laughs> um, and folk, I mean, did you see uh, Waiting to Exhale? Like, <laughs> And focusing on the series, uh, I'm focusing the series on a Native American teenage girl. Tell me about those choices. And Leah Rachel said, the town of Sedona is so wealthy and you've got places like Scottsdale and all these little pockets of supreme wealth. And then you get outside of it and it's just it's reservation land. And I don't think most people have seen that on TV, probably because people are afraid to look at your own scars, which I was here for 100 Mm percent. Yes. People are afraid to look at their own scar. People are afraid of the imperialist um, origin of this country. So that's why they say, oh, it's American exceptionalism instead of, as we keep reminding people on this show, the legacy of indigenous uh, genocide and black slavery. So moving on from that. (laughs) um, But then what she said about Sasha being Native American, she said, this is a quote. It was just more of a question of, well, why not? Because... Like you brought up, you haven't seen a lead there. And she's she's not a Native American teenager. She's a teenager who happens to be Native American. She's not defined by her culture. And yeah. the story is about a heart transplant gone wrong. It's not about her being a Native American. And I think that in itself was important to us. Hmm. And I took issue with that. Yeah. Um, it didn't sit right with me because it seems like there are parts of this character's identity that sound intentional from the jump. Like, got to be a teenage girl, right? Um, and that there are other parts of our identity that don't sound very intentional. Like her being Native American, it sounded like, why not? Like, that's sort of flippant. Like, oh, well, could she have been Asian? Could she have been black? Could she have been white? Could she have been anything? Like, it doesn't sound like it was that intentional in the mind of the creator as they were making it. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of her not being defined by her culture. But how do you know that if you don't know what her culture is? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I like that it's not about her being Native American, but how can I entrust that to somebody who doesn't know what being Native American means? Yeah, it's, it again, it's not your story to tell. It's just you don't know that experience, therefore you can't 
honestly tell it. And so I'm like, oh, if you want to bring light to those people, if you want to bring um, Native creators and writers and talent to the to forefront, the table. Cool. be an EP, executive produce yeah. that, and let other people take the reins. And yeah, the thing yeah, is, yeah. there's so much opportunity, there's so much talent in this town and not a lot of opportunity. That mm-hmm. could have been an opportunity for somebody else. Absolutely. You know? Um, I mean, not to get off topic, I don't know if you saw that thing yesterday. Um, they found out, like, the co-writer of Crazy Rich Asians, he was... Uh, he was white and the other writer was Asian. Oh, she was paid an eighth yeah. of his salary. Mm-hmm. And she quit. Yeah. The second the, one. The sequel. Yeah. yeah. She's paid an eighth of his salary. The fuck? I mean, it, they brought, they pointed out that like, you know, this is her first feature, but she had a rich uh, no, television no, no, writing no, no. career. No, no, no. And like, you can't pay a person an eighth. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think we we, talk, we kind of talked about this um, when it came to Ma about the incident of the character's race. They never bring it up. It's all about, they, they act like that's not an issue, which is, a, you know, a thing I've heard my whole life. Racism doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what fucking planet do you live on, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, so that was a huge miss in Ma. Mm-hmm. They could have, like you brought up, because it was not written for a, a black woman. That role was written for a white woman. Yeah. So therefore, they should have brought somebody in to kind of fill in those gaps mm-hmm. and who can speak from that experience and that trauma. Yeah. You could have done a rewrite. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? And and like Sasha's race does figure more into the story than um, than Sue, An- Sue Ellen's does in Ma. Um, like, you know. I, I do see parts of, like she's raised by her uncle who took her off the reservation because when her mother was her mother was an addict and instead of taking her to rehab, the father wanted to do like some kind of ceremony on her. And the uncle was like, no, 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 she needs rehab and called the cops on her and then she fled and then ended up dying in a car crash. But so like the memory of like so the the, the uncle is having a real conflict between traditional belief systems and modern American belief systems or mm-hmm. whatever. And, and I see that in people. Absolutely. And I, that felt really true. And there's an episode where TJ, the the fine boyfriend, who, by the way, we do get a bulge in this one. We do get a boner in this one. Um, <laughs> he uh, he does a, a confirmation ceremony because he um, he's both Pima and Diné, and he he wants to he officially enrolls in the in the Diné reservation. And mm-hmm. we've never seen anything like that on TV before. And Sydney Freeland, um, the native director, was the one who directed that episode. And yes, I do entrust that story in that person's hands. Yeah, you know, it's but, the only person who should be telling that story, right? Um, but then there are it just the, for the for the creator to say it's not about her being Native American and it's like but you don't get to tell me what being Native American means yeah you know and, and again like I like the show I want there to be a second season it's not a criticism necessarily it's a question yeah here are some more questions that I had <laughs> uh, Becky was collecting rat tails <laughs> that old woman was staying in Sasha's attic they let the spirit of Lilith into Becky's heart Sasha is apparently now dark phoenix Sasha can make scorpions sting people now 58 women apparently gave birth the night Sasha had her heart attack Gar the symbol of sacrifice and dignity what the fuck is that and what is up with Yvonne's mom is she psychic is it Alzheimer's did the Alzheimer's make her psychic like so one of the counselors fully midsummered into an Arizona canyon and why was Uma Thurman trying to exfoliate her stomach and for the longest time I thought she killed a baby <laughs> but it ended up being like a like a fake baby at the at the um, annex center yes. for women who have who've miscarried and stuff like that. But I didn't I just because just sometimes details are, there are too there. much going on. There's a lot going on. And then sometimes stuff was just like too atmospheric that and, and like abstract that I stopped paying attention. Mm-hmm. And then a detail would happen. And I was like, wait, what, what, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> and here are the things that I liked. The first thing 
that Sasha does when she gets to the fancy school and she realizes she has unlimited money on her meal card is get a shit ton of Flaming Hot Cheetos. And that is just very Indian to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love Sasha's friendship with Yvonne. I love that Yvonne is like a super smart computer nerd. I love that her mother is too. Um, I love anything that depicts friendships between indigenous and black people. Um, Not to say that there are some indigenous people who are black and some black people who are indigenous. Afro-indigeneity is a thing. I'm not saying it's not a thing but I love the depiction of their friendship in this I thought yeah. it was like very tender and honestly like that interview with um, with the with the creator of the show you know there's so much in there the, the questions that the interviewer was asking she kept being like well, stick around for season two, or I'm going to address that in season two. Yeah. And I think that it's really audacious to assume that you're going to have a season two. Yeah. So show me everything. That was a huge misstep. You know, I think of like Big Little Lies or Sabrina or something like where it's like the entire story is told in the one season. Yeah. And you just have to come up with another story for the second one. Mm-hmm. And I think like in my, I think what happened was she probably had plotted out stuff for two seasons Sure. And um and and then and, and so when she had one season and ten episodes to fill content with, instead of taking the whole arc, she cut it in half and then filled it with atmosphere and all this stuff. And I think like it could have been really it could have been a really great ten episode, forty five minute episode for first season if she just had included the whole arc. Yeah, because now we're never going to get to know what happens to Sasha. I mean, it was an example of somebody treating their work. They were too precious with it, so she you know she wanted to embellish it, and and it was too much embellishment. And, you, you know, it's like I like the idea. It's good to th- be positive and, you know, hope for that next season. But this is very fickle. You know, everybody's got a lot of ideals out there. There's a million deals getting picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what was I talking about? Dexter. Mm-hmm. That was a, se- a show that they actually gave too much away in the first season because mm. they assumed they were going to be canceled. Right, 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 right. And so when they got to the next you know two three seasons in they were they had nothing more to talk about just you know it took them a while to find their their way again do you think that's okay not the dexter thing but with this mm-hmm. um with chambers i feel like if it was an um, i feel like um, this is an i feel statement I, not that i know but i feel like if the showrunner if the creator had been native they would have done the whole thing in one season because yeah. they would have expected to be canceled or not to come back yeah. for a season two. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I, um, presumptuous yeah. to think like, oh, of course we'll get another season. Yeah. But that comes, I think, from a perspective of privilege and yep. not of scarcity. That's exactly what that was. Yeah. Somebody out there, please buy Chamber season two. Hulu yes. maybe. Somebody or Somebody got snatch to. It up. Yeah, yeah. I'll start a move.org petition. <laughs> Save Chambers. We're doing our final act. This is our scream queen, Miss Naomi Harris in 28 Days Later. As Selena, I've always loved that name. Elos mm-hmm. Dinos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, what is it? Humans, monkeys, bites, blood, PETA, infection, rage virus, London ravaged. There's a whole lot going on before this movie even starts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, like Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead, I guess Jim, the main character, Killian Murphy, loved to see his dick, by the way. Killian Murphy um, uh, wakes up in the hospital to find it bloodied and empty and the world kind of turned upside down. Um, I saw I saw 28 Days Later in the theater, terrified and very turned on. Um, Killian Murphy was a treat. But Selena 
was the badass. Because, like, you guys remember, like, when we see her, first of all, Mama has already had to kill her husband, her mother, her father, and her brother. So she is understandably very... um, She shook. Steely. (laughs) And when she has that partner in crime, Mark, the dude who's, like, with her when we first see her, he gets, like, a little bite, and she immediately hacks his ass Mm -hmm. with a machete. And I was like, oh, this... So, okay, okay, Mm -hmm. this is... That bitch. She yeah. is that bitch. <laughs> um, I knew that she was not to be messed with. And I liked the fact that, like, as the movie kind of progressed, she got a little bit softer. You know, she, like, there was, like, the whole love scene. Or not love scene, but, you know, she she got to make out. Mama had some relationship with that younger girl and stuff like that. So I feel like she was uh, a badass, and but we also got to see her human side. So it felt like a fully fleshed character to me. I totally agree. It was very evolved, her character. Yeah. Unlike, um, I'd say, Sanaa Lathan's character. <laughs> I'm just being... We don't have to pit these people against each other. I'm not pitting them against each other. I'm pitting these writers against each other. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sanaa was a, had the potential to be a, fa- a phenomenal character. Well, you know, that the movie was just a disaster. Mm. Here you have... Uh, this movie is fantastic. Uh a, a take on zombies that was really exciting and very very scary yeah because um, these were the fast zombies yeah yeah you know what i mean like i hadn't had that much experience I, you know i saw night of living dead and all that kind of stuff and they were very slow sluggish yeah. like the breaker had set in and so the 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 scary part of it was how many of them there were but it wasn't the danger it didn't feel as dangerous when those rage virus zombies was running i was like "Ooh, i would not survive this one i'm Mm-mm. sorry i could maybe survive the slow horde but i cannot survive somebody who's running like that because i get tired <laughs> uh yeah and i have a bad knee and <laughs> <laughs> and a hip and, <laughs> and I, yeah I, so i ain't running like that um and I, that was unnerving mm-hmm. like also just how violently you saw the virus overtake their bodies yeah and i think too that what Naomi what we we just got to see a glimpse of what Naomi Harris was capable of yes you know and I I remember thinking like I'm gonna see where this girl goes because she is acting the hell out of this and I'm sure that they didn't get um you know it's not like a period drama or something Shakespearean or you know what I mean it was it's a it's a it's a bleak post-apocalyptic you know horror movie and she brought a lot of I think what's the word gravitas to the role yes gravitas and so it was it was so awesome to see her get to play other characters in the future and you know get fuck around and get nominated for an academy award for Mm. moonlight yes yeah oh man I did she was the mama I was just yeah you just hit me with that I was like what what do I know her in yeah Moonlight. Yeah, and she's like, I think she was the money, new Money Penny in like um, the 007 films. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just yeah, appreciated her as an actress she's and a as boss. a badass. She's yeah. a boss. She is a machete wielding boss. Yeah, and she's I, bossed up. It's so it was it was basically an evolved version of Jada um, and Demon Knights. All these things that I wanted to see these characters do, mm. I got to see mm. in Naomi Harris. Mm. And, you know, that was pretty exciting. She wasn't just potential. She mm-hmm. was execution. Yeah, yeah, from the get-go, yeah. from the jump. Yeah. Um, I will, I'll be honest, when I first saw this movie, uh, I saw it in the theater as well. <laughs> I fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> I fell asleep uh, because it's, I was, it was like a midnight showing. I, I, I bitch get sleepy. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> just had your dinner, like a, <laughs> a, 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 a thimble of whiskey, and you was out. Because <laughs> you said you, before you get turned, you get sleepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is a good thing. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I remember I woke up and it was hers. 
cutting some dude's head off. And mm. I was like, oh, okay, we're, we're, I can, I'll just jump back <laughs> into back this. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, it takes a turn at the end dealing with those those fucked up soldiers in that place. That was uncomfortable as all get out. Also, I think that that was also one of the first... He, Walking Dead did this too in its first season, which I thought was a great season, um, was point out that, you know, earlier post-apocalyptic movies, the, the villain was always the thing. You know, the villain was always the zombie or, I don't know, the Godzilla or the whatever. And in this one, it's like, actually, villains are people. Uh-huh. You know, like, and specifically men. And specifically men who are given power, which they do not deserve, mm-hmm. and what they do with that power and how that affects women and women of color. Yes. But did and you see the alternate ending? Because this ending I, was- an, You know, I've I, never watched it, but I've heard about it. Yeah. So this ending, it was like, it was a good, like, you know, they they, they, they get away from these horrible military men. They go to this cottage in the, in the cut. And then, you know, 28 days later, they end up getting rescued by a helicopter or something like that. Mm-hmm. And in the alternate ending, it's like way bleaker. I think homeboy dies. And like, I think the women are just sold into sexual slavery or something. Yeah, which is more- Believable. It's more believable. But That's I didn't not what I want to see. see. I no, don't want to see I didn't that. Need no, no, no. That. I'm good with the good ending. Already... I'm good with Naomi Harris living to the end. They had to yeah. end it the way they did because otherwise it would have just been bleak as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, it was almost too cheesy that ending, almost with the when they tied all the blankets together. And yeah, shit. they make like <laughs> they make a huge letters that say like hello or help or something some, like that. Some shit. And then you know some helicopter finds. That's cute. I'll take it. Naomi Harris as Selena in 28 weeks later. You got to be our scream queen. Yep, you get it. Scream Queen is produced by Alexandra De Palma and Domino Sound with theme music by Doc Allison. You can find me, Drea Washington, on Instagram at HeyGirlHey. That's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y. You can also find us at on Instagram at Scream Queen Podcast. I'm Tommy Teebs Pico, and you can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S, on all relevant social media. And you can catch us on the web, ScreamQueenPodcast.com. And in the scary movie of your life, you better Scream Queen! If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.